Welcome to Tavern Tales Jr. Humblewood Edition. This is a Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play podcast for kids and adults. In Tavern Tales Jr., we will take a group of kids on a fantastical adventure, but this time we're all burbs. This podcast is created by and for kids. So let's see what heights we can reach today because we're burbs. I'm wondering if you'd go wandering with me. Through the wilderness and woods To where the winds are blowing free Through the darkness of the night Heading toward the morning light I wonder if you'd wander with me And I'll spread the word And you beat the drum We'll round up the troops And get the gang to come And we'll leave the streets neighborhoods head over the river and through the woods okay i've been saying this for about six sessions now but i promise you gentle listeners that this right here right now is the actual final session of tavern tales junior humblewood edition When last we left our epic heroes in their quest for political success, they had just left Sunny Honeyvishel's house and had been followed by a dark servant carrying a bundle of sticks and a long cloak as our heroes took to the sky to evade the following individual, the servant themselves also took to the sky as their cloak and stick bundle formed into a makeshift paraglider. And now our heroes in the dead of night need to navigate the wind and the currents of air amongst the leaves and branches of Alderheart in their desperate attempt to evade their pursuer. So why don't we dive into the realm of the imagination by closing our eyes, and for the last time, we will sink into the realm of the imagination and go to Humblewood. The first thing you can feel is that ever-present, overwhelming feeling of darkness that you can when you're late at night tucked in bed. It's the sort of darkness you can feel on your skin, Cool, somewhat humid air rustling through your feathers. The moon and stars above giving you just enough light to see so that you can adjust your wings, tuck your talons close to your body. You take a big, deep breath in as your heart beats in your chest, both from the exertion of flight and the thrill of being chased. And now, everyone, open their eyes and roll initiative. Seven. Sixteen. Three. Total? Yep. Roll the two. April Reaper, you have the highest initiative, then the servant, <gasps> then Tim, and then Rita. Rita. So as we turn to April at the top of the round, why don't you describe who you are and describe who your character is and what they are currently doing as the servant is in the air amongst you. Hello, my name is Savannah, and I play the role of April Reaper, the Blue Jay Rogue, who is currently 
flying away from the serpent and every now and then glancing back to see if this serpent is uh, catching up to her. She is fairly close to the front of the group flying away and is honestly in shock and confused by the fact that there is a flying deer person chasing after them. So what do you do? April continues to fly away to try and gather herself before okay, fighting. Okay, so you're going to double move to get away from the servant. Yes. Gliding out and downward. Are you heading for a particular branch or are you just trying to get away? Just trying to get away. Okay. Then we move to the servant's turn and the servant takes out a pair of crossbows points them at the closest individual who just so happens to be Tim Portens. Not wearing any armor. Who is not wearing any armor. And the servant takes deadly aim with both crossbows and fires at Tim Portens. <laughs> Rolling both at a 10. And that is a total of 14 for this character to shoot you with their light crossbows. What'd be my AC with that armor? So your armor class is probably eight plus your dexterity modifier. Okay, so it's seven. Oh, wow, because you're minus one to dexterity, right? Yeah, so he's definitely hit. So he's going to do 2d6 damage to you. <laughs> which just so happened to be two ones. So you take a total of six points of damage. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 14. 14 is enough for you to succeed at this check. You can feel that the darts that have been shot at you have some sort of poison in them. It probably just hit one of my arms. Or hit one of your wings? Well, not one of my wings, like one of my more meat, my body. Sure. Your deltoid? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> It's like one of your back muscles. Yeah? Okay, so these two crossbows have penetrated you and plunged deep, doing six points of damage, but you have fought off the after effects or the ill effects of this poison, and it is now your turn. Why don't you tell us who you are, who you're playing, and what you want to do? Uh, hi, I am Will, and I play the role of Tim Portens, and uh, he is just trying to get away from this servant, or he could attack him midair, but I don't think that's a good idea, because not many of us have very long-ranged attacks of the spells. You're also gifted, though, on the wind. You could definitely find him midair if you wanted yeah. to. Okay, so can I do a double move? If you wish to not attack him and just run I, away. I, I just want to run. So your move is 30, and I think yours is 35. Is that right? 25. Ah, 25. What's your speed? 30. So yeah, you can catch up to April. However, April on their turn did not say one other thing, which is that they could also take a bonus action to dash, which would have allowed you to go 75. Okay. So April has flown off a total of 50, and Tim quickly catches up and passes April. You can see crossbow bolts and some blood dripping from Tim Portens. That means it is now our last player at the table's turn. Hi, I'm Robin, and I play Rita Harper, the American Robin bird with a massive fear of flying. And where are you right now? In the air. <laughs> Currently being left behind by the other two as she struggles to fly properly. And in Rita's mind, they're like focused on trying to hinder this servant person who's got wings now, which 
Rita would totally be okay with because, you know, more power to the humble folk if they weren't being absolutely chased by this guy. So Rita's going to try to turn around midair and then cast Vicious Mockery mm-hmm. on this guy. Yeah. Is that the one you want to cast or is there a different spell you might want to cast? I'm sorry, Dad, but Earth Tremor does not apply. It would not be effective. And this, <laughs> it's been a very ineffective Vicious spell Mockery for you. is like one of my only attack spells. I could cast Crown of Madness if I really wanted to. What does that one do? We've had, we ask this one a lot because it doesn't come up too often. Oh, I can make him charmed. Yes. Not only that, but then it attacks the creature that you want it to attack, which means... It could attack itself. It can't attack itself. You could make it potentially attack the hang glider, but that kind of would feel like an attack against itself. So you could say make an attack against the air. What that'll do is inhibit it from being able to make a double move to come after you. Okay, yeah, I think I'll, cra- I'll, I think I'll cast Crown of Madness. That is... A very amazing opportunity to cast this spell. Why don't you describe for me the casting of Crown of Madness? Because I believe, I'm pretty sure, this is the very first time. Rita, you know, thinks, oh, I need to pull out Soul Hudson. All right, I got to improvise because I have to fly, right? Not Rita's not very good at doing this. So, you know, a couple of beats of the wings and Rita's like, this is kind of rhythmic. Okay thump thump in the air and then rita's like i will beat you i will fly faster than you can i will beat you and then you know continues singing that and like the wind picks up and rita like flies up a little bit and is like i will cast you into a crown of madness and then the wild thorns start forming above the servant's head their eyes widen with craziness we'll see if it takes hold all right they're gonna have to make a saving throw what type of saving throw is it it's a wisdom saving throw it's not all right would you like to make that saving throw for me they are plus three. Oh no they uh, rolled 20. a 20 oh, the one time i don't want them to roll well Nothing happens. That's the sad thing about these sorts of spells is that if it takes hold, it's super effective. If it fails, nothing works. But I will grant you a blue gem for the use of Crown of Madness for you to apply to some sort of later check as we go through this final session. How many gems do you have, Robin? I have three of each. Wow. How many gems do you have, Will? I thought I had more white gems. I don't know where they would have gone, but anyway... You all have a giant pile of gems. I recommend using them up. That was Rita's turn. She makes her move after casting this spell. She's now quite a ways behind April and Tim. It is now April Reaper's turn as we go into round two. Alrighty. I actually have an idea. Would From how far I am, would I be able to use Firebolt? So most cantrips have a range of about 120 feet or so. You're not that far away. So rather than have you spending a lot of time looking it up, it's right there. So you want to cast Firebolt? Yes, I want to cast Firebolt at the Servant. By all means, go for it. Specifically at its uh, contraption. Unfortunately, you can't do that in this game, but I'll take that into consideration. What do you say when you cast Firebolt? Flash a les- Fa. <laughs> wow, is that what you said before when you cast I've Firebolt? I've never 
I don't think I've ever casted Firebolt, so I'm making this up on the spot. Okay. Flash a Lesba? Yeah. Okay. And I would also, I want this to work, so I also, I'm going to spend a blue gem. Sounds great. Throw it my way, and you have advantage on your check. How did we do? A 17 total. That is enough to hit. Alrighty. Rolled a seven. Seven points of fire damage as this firebolt hits the servant in the chest and drives him back, ostensibly. What else would you like to do with your turn? I don't have anything else I want to do with my turn. Actually, I'll keep flying away. Okay. You're going to fly away? Yeah. An additional 25 25. feet. You're now out front of your comrades as you have flown and fired a firebolt. It is the servant's turn. And the servant will throw one of their crossbows away, reload the crossbow, bolt into their light crossbow, take aim, and fire at Rita Harper. I'm going to die. Missing, most assuredly, with a nine. I don't think Rita has... I have a 15 armor class. Yes. Are you wearing your armor or... Yeah, totally. I have light armor. So, missing with this crossbow, and it will then close with Rita Harper. I'm dead. I'm going to die. Now you and the servant are right next to each other, and it, he looks at you with brutally dark eyes, but says nothing, for it is Tim Portent's turn. I'd still like to get away, please. I'd like to do a double move. Okay, so you're going to double move away from this servant. That is everything you could possibly do with your turn. There's nothing else you want to do. Maybe dash? That would be part of your movement. It would be to move and then dash. Okay, let's do that. You don't want to attack the servant? We need to keep. Okay. Deter this guy. So you can move a total of 60 feet. And now it looks like this, where Robin and the servant are here, and Tim is way out here in the darkness. Tim, you have now moved so far forward, you cannot see the servant or Rita anymore. Ah. And it is now Rita's turn. If I can see them, then I can... My spells really quick. I would like to get away from this guy. <laughs> I need my spells back. I'm gonna... First, can I stab him? So what would be more effective to stab this guy with? A rapier or a dagger? A uh, rapier does more damage. But it is... We are really close range. And you are also gliding, so it would be very hard for you to wield something with your wings. Can I stab? You could use a talon to throw a dagger at this servant. If you wanted to. Would you like any other assistance and help and whatnot? I guess, yeah. I don't really know what to do. Fair. You're not a particularly physical character. So if you had a spell or whatnot that could help you, I would definitely think about using that. You also have a bonus action to grant bardic inspiration. So you definitely want Mm -hmm. to make use of that. And lastly, this servant is only flying by the help and guidance of a hang glider contraption you could potentially grapple the servant and undo the hang gliding contraption. But that would put you right, like you and the servant would then be like flying in the air and fighting in like a wrestling sort of scenario. We don't really have a very physical team. The one person who could do anything flew away. He's he's very fast flying away. It's true. But you double moved. So you can't cast any spells. If you retract that double move and go back to a single move, you'll be able to see them and can cast Toll the Dead if you yeah, want to. Yeah, can I to. do that? All right. You can cast Toll the Dead. Okay. Ding dong. 
Yes, that is the sound of the toll of the dead. You may roll their uh, saving throw. They are plus three on these. Four. A total of seven is not enough. So you have successfully told the dead. They have taken damage from April Reaper. And as a result, you get to roll a d12. Seven. All right. They've taken 14 hit points of damage as told the dead dolorously sounds out amongst them. And Rita, have you decided on what you're going to do with your turn? I'm going to try to crown of madness them again. Okay. Do you want a single move in crown of madness? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to move you forward and cast your crown of madness. Okay. So you're, you're like clapping you. with your talons and snapping with yeah. your, your feathers. Okay. I will beat you. Woo woo. Gonna crown of madness you again. I'm gonna charm you and then make you fall down. Love it. Roll their saving throw, Robin. How'd you do? Five. Total? Yeah. Because they're plus three, right? Yeah, five. They have failed. Crown of Madness takes hold. What does this crown look like that um, illuminates upon their brow? The first attempt, it was a thorn crown, but the second attempt, it's more like a crown of bones. Oh my goodness, that's creepy. Yeah, I feel like it depends on what crown you choose. Like, Rita is seeing this servant person and the, like, dead look in their eyes creep them out so bad. So, you know, fittingly, it's it's a crown of humble folk bones. Not literally humble folk bones, but, like, the bones of a small, you know, pheasant that are, like, around the head. I love that. I can totally and easily picture that. Their eyes don't widen like they did the first time their eyes become black there is no whites of the eyes anymore there is no iris it's just black voids i love it that's great amazing color uh it is not their turn so there's nothing else that can be done is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn oh i'm gonna give april bardic inspiration why don't you do so april i damaged the servant quick quick Hold on. I believe in you. You're an awesome person and you're making a lot of personal progress. You can do anything you want to. I'm so proud of you. All right. That sounds very inspiring. It is your turn, April Reaper, at the top of round three. Alrighty. I am going to use Firebolt once again. Okay. A 16. That is enough to hit. Say the words. Do the damage. Flashless boss. And I rolled a nine. Okay. Is there anything else like you like, you'd like to do with your turn? I will fly another 25 away. It is now the servant's turn. On its turn, it chooses to take an attack. What shall it attack, Robin? It should attack the air. It shoots wildly into the air at a perceived foe that only it can see, and it moves forward 30 feet, leading us to Tim's turn in the third round. And then it needs to make a saving throw at the end of its turn to determine whether or not the spell that has been cast will be effective. Can you roll the saving throw one more time, Robin? Ooh, 15. What is your spell, DC? Oh, 14. It has succeeded, and you can see the eyes of the servant return to normal as it Damn. looks around wondering what happened to that elusive target that he targeted. Um, I would like to summon a fog cloud. Oh, Okay. You can cast Fog Cloud and illuminate your escape? Well, no, like, cover us in the fog yeah. and then... How big does the Fog Cloud get to be? Do you know? If it's big enough to cover them as well, then we can escape very fast and... 
It is a 20-foot radius, so... I think it would cover... It's about that big. Is that what you want it to do? Yeah, and then I want Rita to... Because it's also this size as well, and then you could fly out any of essentially four different directions. Well, we're trying to get to my dad's house. Yes, but you have to get away in some capacity from this servant. So casting Fog Cloud is definitely effective. Now, does Rita have message? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Did you check your spell list? I, I did, but I doesn't list it, but I think I've used it before. You have message for another character. So I, I have minor illusion, vicious mockery, light, prestidigitation, message. I do have message. There we go. So here's what you can do. You can cry out because Rita can still see you. You can say, because what's going to happen is that the fog cloud is going to erupt, leaving the servant who has their vision back and Rita outside of it. You can say quietly to April where to go because you're right next to April. About 10 feet apart. Now, you are flying, so we have to take that into consideration. But you and April could definitely figure out how to get out of there. But you need Rita to know where to go because Rita's so far away, right? Rita's at least 30 feet behind you. So you can cast Fog Cloud, and it'll cover the area where people will not be able to see you, especially the servant. But you don't want to cast that until you tell Rita where to go and what to do, right? Okay, so there's a mechanic that lets you do that in Dungeons & Dragons. And it's called... A delayed action. What you're going to do is you're going to use your action that'll allow you, before your next turn, to use your reaction to do a thing if that other thing happens. So what you say right now to me is, my character shouts out, Rita, send me a message. And if Rita does that- Is it one of those messages where it's like you can send a message back? Yes, exactly. Message allows Rita to send you a message in a whisper and for you to whisper back. And only the two of you will hear this. So what's great about this is that you want Rita to be able to see you. So you're going to hold off on casting Fog Cloud. Tell Rita, Rita, send me a message. And you say to me, Kyle, Kyle, as the dungeon master. As the dungeon master. I want to cast Fog Cloud. As my reaction. Fog cloud as my reaction. Immediately after Rita sends me a whisper. Immediately after Rita sends me a whisper. So, that being done, you still have a free action this turn. Do you want to tell April what to do? Yes. Okay, so you fly 10 feet right next to April and you say, April, let's go west and and head to my dad's house once... Once when the fog covers us, before the fog co- covers us, Rita will send me a message. And after that, I'll message them back saying, go west to my dad's house. All right. Yeah, sounds good. South is directly behind you, right? North is directly in front of you. Then there's east and west and up and down. There's five different directions that I've marked here. You've said go west, and that's the number one that's over there. This will be relevant in a moment. That is the end of your turn, Tim. It is now Rita's turn. Rita hears Tim's, like, yell and is like, huh, message? Okay. Um, I'm sending you a message. You've got mail. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, he's like, what, Tim? What's going on? What do you want? Tim, you have now received the spell message from Rita. Rita, we're going to fly west. 
Go inside the fog and fly west. And just as you're about to say... What fog? These words erupt from Tim from having received this, and he uses reaction to cast fog clouds, saying... Gaspard, cover us in the fog! And make haste our escape. Gaspard does so. You can see the trickle of fog suddenly bloom and erupt before you, and then expand outwards to fill this large area just... Inside the fog is everyone, because it'll fit all of you. And that's effect, the most effective use of it. That was Rita's turn. And is there anything else you'd like to do with your turn, Rita? Fly. <laughs> you fly into the cloud. You're in this, in this fog already, and you know you need to turn left. I'm going to turn to the west. Make a survival check. Ah. Uh, we should have really brought a compass. Uh, 12. That is enough. You've flown forward into the fog to give the illusion because he can still see you a little bit as the fog is is creating. And then you immediately turn to the west. That was Rita's turn. That was Tim's reaction is now April Reaper's turn at the top of round four. I'm going to fly to the west. Please make a survival check with advantage. I rolled an 18 and I've got plus four, so 22. More than enough. You know, true west. You can feel north on your right-hand side as you turn. I think I would and know where to go. And also, travel west. Now, the servant, the deer folk in the hang glider, is in the cloud cover and does not know which way to go. And so the servant must pick one of the five directions available to it as an option. And I, the storyteller, am going to spend a single... D- blue gem for advantage i use a white gem you're gonna use a white gem to have me not have advantage Nah. you sure all right i'm gonna spend my own blue gem for advantage i'm gonna roll two of these and if either of them come up a one that means he will have chosen correctly and will follow you west if I roll a six, I have to re-roll it because it's a one in five chance, okay? So, one is west, two is north, three is east, four is down, and five is up, okay? Are you ready? <laughs> Sav looks so worried. <laughs> Please. I have a one. Damn it. No, no, I use a blue gem. You can't. You, I asked if you were going to use a white gem beforehand and you said, I don't want to. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but I thought I thought white gems were supposed to change the story. Not like say, no, you don't get advantage. Well, I was going to say, if you want to spend a blue gem to take my advantage away, you could. A blue gem? Is that what you want to do? Yeah. All right. I've already rolled once, so I will take a blue gem from everybody. Cool. All right. Sick, we have so many. Okay, I still have another. Oh, Savs was like spinning. You need to give us more. I only have one. All right. I'm rolling it one time now. If it comes up a one, he follows you. It is a five. So he flies, I guess not upward, but he kind of circles to stay in the cloud. That's another good way of thinking about where he went. And you have escaped this servant, but you don't know any more information. You have fled from them into darkness. You arrive at Matt's house, which is not the inn you're staying at. What do you do? Matt. Someone has been chasing us. They were a servant and they made a contraption to be able to fly. We tried to fly away and I had to summon a a bunch of fog and then we flew east and he did not follow us. So we're okay. And then before that, 
we went to Sunny Honey Visual's house, and they told us that they are going to tell all of the book club group, which is all the names on the list, to cancel the membership with Connor Goldpenny. Matt is very tired <laughs> and says, that's, that's a lot of information. Um, what are you going to do next? My speech is tomorrow, so... So, what are you going to do about your speech? First, I'm going to have a quick shower, and then I'm going to open up the... Then I'm going to look through the pamphlet again, and then think about what I'm going to say for my speech. Well, I'll try and figure out who that deer folk was, because we have no information on them and why they were chasing us. Although it is fairly safe to assume that they could possibly have been sent by Connor Goldpenny, I'd say. That is likely, but I, I don't think it's a shoe-in guarantee. At least Connor doesn't know we broke into his house. <laughs> That's true. As far as we know. Let me know if you guys need any help with either of what you're doing. A lot of my political stuff is kind of over. I was going to go down and donate to some Humblewood charities under anonymously, but that's just mundane activities I can do anytime. <laughs> and Tim uh, hands over to Rita five gold pieces. Oh, okay. For charity. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to try and figure out who that was, who the servant person was. How? Uh, go to the Eve's Guild and see if they have any possible information. I don't know. <laughs> you're going to go right now or are you going to go tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay, so what does everybody do right now? We should probably go back to the inn and go to sleep. Yes, head, head back to the inn. How do you head back to the inn? We can't be seen in the larger parts of town because obviously they'll just start following us again, right? So what we should do is we should take some back routes and go through the back alleys and the different smaller corners and find our ways there and take the extra stairs and places where not many people are. I bet April knows some of those. Yeah, you are kind of shifty. <laughs> okay, then. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, let's... Like, I've been here as much as you yeah, guys have. I yeah, know, that's what like, I'm thinking. <laughs> almost nothing else. It takes you two hours. You don't know Alderheart. You don't know the back roads of Alderheart. You keep winding up on main thoroughfares. It's already late at night. It was after dinner. You had the lengthy discussion with Sonny Honeyvishal. You were heading back to Matt's house to give him the information because he was no longer at the Thieves Guild. You knew that, you hoped. And then you were going to head to the hotel. So you don't get to the hotel until 2 a.m. But you are successful. There's no need for dice rolls in this sort of thing. You are taking your time and being careful. So you get back to the inn without any further interruption. However, I need everyone to make a perception check as you approach the inn. I rolled a 10. 16. Pointing out, once again, we have Eight. blue gems for dice rolls. 16. 10. 8. Our 16 is the only one who notices that there seems to be someone watching the inn tucked away in a shadow across the bow. Bow, bow. Guys, someone's watching us. What? Where? Near the inn. Just see, look at that shadow of a person. Rita brings attention to it, and you can see the kind of glowing golden light reflected in Mapach eyes. I think we should try and, I mean... Did you guys lock the, the window entrance? Because we could fly up and go in there as much as I don't like flying. Either way, they're going to know that we're going in. We might as well go in and see if they follow, just normally. Yeah. 
Okay. Just be aware. I know you're going to be aware, but... It's... So you're just going to try stealth in? I think we're just going to walk in normally. Oh, okay. Maybe a bit quieter than usual, but... You're just going to go right in the main door? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to see if they I'm follow gonna us. I'm going to do a stealth check. You are going to try to be stealthy? Okay. I'll also stealth it because I'm... Oh, so are you being stealthy or are you just going to go in like normal? Like you didn't even see them? Go in like normal like we didn't see them. Or like that's what April's doing. Okay, but if you make that decision, you're making that decision for the whole group. Oh, okay. What are we doing? The thing is, is April is amazing at stealth and it doesn't really change anything. If they already see us, it's not going to make much difference. If, if you're not sure if they see you okay, or not. Okay, yeah. You have no idea if they spotted you. As I said, you were being careful, and you noticed this as you were walking up. What would you like to do? What are we doing? I'd say let's just go in normally, because there's a high likelihood that they saw us, so going in stealth, you might probably won't make much of a difference. You look over at the Mapatch, everyone make an insight check. Got a seven. Twelve. Fourteen. The 12 and the 14, you're pretty sure the Mapatch has not spotted you as of yet. The 7 is like, oh, he sees us, I don't know. Makes perfect sense. The Mapatch clearly has not seen us yet. Or at least I think hasn't seen us yet. Why do we want to risk having to move hotels again? Okay, sure, let's go in stealthily. There's not too many hotels that are good still. And I don't want to stay at Matt's house again. That pullout is... Remember exhaustive. you just build up your tent and then you go stay in your little Oh right, yeah. Home away from home. Six. How did we six. do Rita? Six. Tim has a six. I have a twenty-seven. A twenty-seven. So we all go. The heart of Humblewood. But you failed and the Mapatch notices you as you try to sneak around the side. And the Mapatch starts walking towards you. They also seem to have a bundle of sticks at their side and are wearing a big long cloak. And as you turn to go down the side of the building to maybe jump and f- glide into your hotel room to sneakily get in, the Mapatch, just as you're about to go down there, pulls their cloak aside and points a crossbow at the person who is closest to the Mapatch. Roll initiative. I rolled another nat 20. What? <gasps> the, the heart of Humblewood. How did we do, Rita? 13. <laughs> you both have 13s? So Jinx. All right. Everybody gets to go before the Mapach. What would you like to do? It is April Reaper's turn. You are about 20 feet from the door to get into the servant's entrance or the back entrance or whatever it is you want to call it for the hotel where they can do deliveries and whatnot so that they're not traipsing fresh food and carpentry gear through the main entrance of the hotel. You don't know if that door is locked or not, and the Mapach is about 25 feet away from you in the middle of the street pointing a crossbow bolt at Rita Harper. and to pick somebody. Can I jump in in front of him? It's not your turn yet. Tim, are you wearing your armor? He is not. He's not even carrying his weapon. It is April Reaper's turn. Oh, you are? Okay. April is going to fire her short bow at this person. Oh, okay. This point, I feel like running away again, so we could talk to them. (laughs) Nine. Yeah, you pull out your short bow. You 
take aim and you fire and you miss and it sails across the street, down across the bow, down out of the tree of Alderheart and lands with a thunk into the soft ground way down below. There's a little like chicken person. Oh my God, no, let's not do that. Who's like, oh, and it like lands, it like clips their feather and like lands right in front of them and is like, oh dear, oh no. He goes over and inspects it and it's this property of April Reaper. <laughs> Who's that? Cut back to Is there us. anything else you'd like to do with your turn? No. It is now Tim Portent's turn. I'd like to toll the dead. Okay, yeah, you cast Toll the Dead. A doler spell sings out. Gaspard, ring the bell on this weirdo and let us enter our hotel room, please. Ding dong and uh, roll the saving throw for the patch. It, it, tell me what the number was. Eight. That is not enough. You may roll, I believe, a D8 damage. Five. Uh, all right, does five points of damage. Rita Harper, it's your turn. Why haven't we talked to the person? I don't know. What do you want? Rita says, like, guys, guys, stop attack. What do you want with your cloak and your flying contraption? I see you. Okay. Do you want to, is that a persuasion or an intimidation check? Neither. I'm literally talking to this person. It seems like you're trying to get them to answer you, right? Yes. Like you want them to answer you. Are you trying to intimidate them to answer you? Or are you trying to persuade them to answer you? But but tell me that before you roll the die. I'm making an intimidation check. Great. Before you roll the die, would you like to spend a blue gem for a... a as I thought. You just want to take them away. It's the last game. Use them all up. What if it's not they the last game? They don't carry over to the next game. No, this is the last game. I promise. I swear. All right. How did we do on our intimidation check? 24. What? Uh, okay. The Mapach on its turn, was going to shoot at you. So he still will shoot at you, but he will shoot at you with disadvantage. Missing. Brutally. Hits a fence. <laughs> it hits the hotel and sticks into it a crossbow bolt. There's some green Icarus substance uh, on this crossbow <laughs> bolt. Yes. So he shoots and pulls back and shoots the crossbow and it lodges into the side of the hotel and he takes two steps back and he says... Hang, you knew about the hang gliders. You, you knew? You got to you first. I'm here to send you all a message. Been paid proper thieves guild rates to make sure that at least one of you doesn't make it through the night. But maybe it's not so worth it. He starts to put his hands up. He continues to back away across the street. And that's about all he gets to do on his turn. So he took... Maybe 10 feet towards you, shot the crossbow into the sky, and then took 15 feet back. So he's maybe 30 feet away from you at this point as we turn around now to April Reaper's turn. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to check the service entrance door to see if it's locked or not. All right. You take your move action. That's 20 feet of movement there. You get to the door. I check to see if it is unlocked. <laughs> you reach out feathered wing jiggle the door and it is in fact well i was gonna pause because once i say something it has to be the case that that is that thing but if i don't or didn't get a chance to finish saying the thing then it's not an official thing hold on what's the schrodinger's lock <laughs> could be the thing is is like 
I'm trying to give you guys better opportunities to spend white gems. So rather than me saying, is it locked or isn't locked? I'm saying you jiggle the door handle and, and then that would give you an opportunity to take a white gem and throw it at me and say, it's not locked. Ow, Robin. You said throw it. Sorry. I didn't mean to hit you that hard. I think it's going to bruise. You've just bruised my soul. <laughs> I meant like, ah, ah, it's not locked. <laughs> Robin has spent a white gem. Yes. You've interrupted the story to tell me that the door is. <laughs> if you say locked. <laughs> I don't care if you say locked. <laughs> I think it's funnier if it's locked. I do have a lock pick set. I want you to lockpick it, though. That's so interesting. No, I don't want it to be locked. Well, we can't always have the easy way out. Y- yes, we can. We had to unlock the servant door on Connor Bo- Goldpenny's house. It is locked. No. Then I now return to you this white gem because what? you did not benefit yourselves at all in this telling of that if you wanted some sort of benefit. Well, it doesn't have to be a benefit. I just wanted it to be interesting. Are you spending the white gem then? Is that what you're doing? Well, no. Okay, I guess. And If you spent the white gem, that's fine. Uh, were you going to leave it locked or unlocked? Locked. Just like you wanted. Yeah. Okay. You've spent a white gem. The door is locked. And as you jiggle on it, you know the door is locked. But you can hear on the other side the door being unlocked by someone on the other side of the door. <laughs> well then, <laughs> uh, April knocks on the door. <laughs> sure. If it's Blaze... <laughs> Why would it be Blaze at the servant's entrance of a hotel door? I'm sorry, it's always Blaze. At two in the morning. It's always Blaze, Dad. It's gotta be. The door opens, light spills out onto the side here where you're opening, you're trying to open the door. You have your bow and arrow in hand as you open the door upon an individual. We'll come back to you because it is now Tim Porton's turn. Can I go over to the door? Yes, you rush over to the door. We'll come back to you in a moment. It is now Rita Harper's turn. I don't know what to do. Go over to the servant's door. The door to the service area door is open. You don't know how. And the mapache is backing up, eyes on you, hands raised. And tell your your friends, don't try following us or we will beat you. We will see ourselves to the end of this election, whether we win or not. But we will see... The correct rights for all. And if there's a threat to that, I will ensure that it is stomped out. Good night. Good day, sir. He flees. He turns and runs. And you hear a voice behind you. Oh, my. As a... Oh, my. Like a pigeon folk lady stands at the door looking at April Reaper holding a bow and arrow and Tim Portance rushing up behind, but has heard the clarion call of Rita Harper and in fact a few other people wake up across the street and light spells are cast and continual flamestones have their covers thrown off as people see the hero of Humblewood the hero of Alderheart Rita Harper send a mapache assassin away with only her words some say i i saw them i saw that 
Mapach, I saw them fire a crossbow, and with words of magic in a wave of her arm, she knocked it into the side of the hotel. You can see it up there. Still's there. <laughs> that was Rita Harper's doing. She's magical. But that tale is told much later down the way, down the road. The pigeon folk coos and ushers the three of you into the hotel where you rush to your rooms, take comfort and solace and lick your wounds from the strikes of the bandit that attacked you previously, or assassin, I guess, that attacked you previously. And I will send you all away on a five-minute break for us to return for the conclusion with one little cliffhanger in that there is a letter slid under your door that you find as soon as you open it on medium nice type paper. You know, nice paper, but not expensive paper. In an elegant but crisp hand. And you can see the signature at the bottom, Connor Goldpenny. The contents of that letter and what it says await you when you return from break. You're wondering if I go wandering with you. What kind of trouble we'll get ourselves into? Would it be wrong to tag along with a band of vagabonds? You wonder if I'd wander with you. So I'll spread the word and you beat the drum. We'll round up the troops and get the gang to come. This concludes this episode of Tavern Tales Jr. We'll be back in two weeks with more of the adventure. Our intro and outro music is Through the Woods by the Okie Dokie Brothers. Find their music on iTunes or check them out at www.okidoki.org. And follow them on Twitter at Okie Dokie Bros. We'd love a review on iTunes or check us out on Twitter at Tavern underscore Tales. See you all later! I'm wondering if you'd come wandering my way If you ever get lost or if the trail leads you astray The music of the pack can always bring you back I wonder, can we wander away? And I'll spread the word and you beat the drum Round up the truth Get the gang to come And we'll leave the streets In these neighborhoods Head over the river